0: Man, I love our worship team. I just love it. I love, you know what I love about worship? I love that we can, that, that it can startle you into, a, into stepping right into the presence of Jesus. That you might have come here and not expected that to happen. And then these guys start playing this music and they, they start singing the songs and something in one of the lyrics just can help you to just go, wait a minute, I wasn't expecting that. But man, I feel like God is right here with me right now. I just love how the team can do that. I'm Bill Stevens, one of the one of the pastors here and and I am so glad that you guys are here. I can't tell you how fun it is to see your faces again and to see you come, see people coming back. I mean, just in the last couple of weeks, you know, I saw I saw the Kings and I saw the Glabs and I saw I see people that I'm like, "Oh man, it's so fun to see you. It's so fun to see your faces again." You guys need to know and and, and I hope that you know this. With, with church. Man, you coming to church, I hope you decided to come today to be blessed. I hope that you, you're going, man, I, I'm going to come to church and I hope that I'm going to be blessed, that I'm going to draw closer to Jesus as a ro- result of my experience that I'm getting today. But I hope you also know that your presence blesses other people too. And like for me, I just by seeing you, man. I just you you make my day when I when I get to see you, and it blesses me, and it blesses other people with you with you coming and being present in this. And and for you guys that are online, I know there's gonna be a day that you'll come and and you'll you'll be coming back. But even your presence online, this is what we found during all of COVID. When you just just say here. Here's what I'm here, you know. And you say hi to us, and you just do something on the chat. I love seeing those names. I love going back at the end of the service, the live service, and getting to listen and look at look back at the online service and just get to see just the the, the conversation and just your guys is uh, saying that you're here. It blesses me that you guys that we're all part of this and we're in this together today. Um, before I get going with my message, there's a couple of things I want to 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 just to just share a little bit, um, I get to do this because I get to do what I want up here. So I, I just, you guys, I can't tell you how blessed we are to have Aisha Cox in our in our staff and and working with all of us. Aisha is our teaching pastor. She is our prayer pastor. Aisha is somebody that has, a, has an an uncanny ability to, to recognize the presence of God through the Holy Spirit and then invite us that might not see or feel that, invite us into that. And so we have just been so blessed by, by how Aisha has has escorted us right to the presence of God and through the, through the different things that she's doing both in, in prayer uh, as the prayer pastor and also in, in preaching up here in front. This last Friday night, you guys, Aisha did a, a lament service. She put this service together for us to give us a space that if you, were, if you had anything in your life that you just needed to go to the Lord with, and you needed that door open to be able to just go, I'm just going to be honest with God in this. She gave us that space to be able to do that, to, to lament, to, to express frustration or sadness or disappointment or grief. And I got to be honest with you guys, I went to it on Friday night. I, I went to it to support Aisha. I didn't think I was in that space that I needed to do that. And so I, was, I came to support Aisha and, and for whoever else was, was, was coming to that. And I found myself, myself about four rows back in tears just sitting there going, I didn't know that there were things in my, on my heart that I had been grieving. And, and when that door was open for me, I just sat there and got to express that to the Lord from the, from the things over these last 15 months. It has been a challenge in church over those last 15 months. And I didn't realize how much of that I was grieving, loss and staff and all of that, you know, chair, empty chair, all of it, I, I felt like, man... I'm feeling this, and I got to express it to God, and I got to, to recognize that God is meeting us there. And so I was so blessed by that. I, I just, I want to encourage you, anytime Aisha does anything around here where she's inviting you to come and worship, it's going to bless your life. And so take advantage of those chances that she gives us to be able to do those kinds of things. The second thing I want to share before we get going with the message also is related to the first, and it's... it's We did this series called Make It Matter over the last six weeks, and it was a really great series. It was really fun to be able to unpack what does it mean to to, to what God is doing on the inside, how do we live that out on the outside. In the midst of that, Aisha and Maurice, both of them came up at different times, and they both shared the struggle that they're facing in trying to to get pregnant. They both want to be parents so badly, and they were sharing that struggle. And I'm sitting back there listening to it. I was so proud of them, and I was so amazed at how courageous they are to open that up for all of us and just go, man, we're just going to be honest with you. Here's, here's what we're facing, and here's how God's meeting us in it, even in the midst of the pain and the, and the impatience and all of it that comes with it. And I, so I sat and I thought, man, I just love it that they invited us in. At the same time, I felt super protective for them. I felt like I'm just the, the dad that's going gonna, gonna, to, now I want to protect Maurice and Aisha. Because there's one thing about being super transparent up in front, but then you got to face, okay, now here's what you got to do different. You know, a couple weeks ago I talked about finances and giving, and man, I got the people that are going, okay, here's what you got to do. <laughs> here's how you got to have to budget a little bit better, you know. And I'm like, okay, okay, good, 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 that's, that's enough. Um, with, with Maurice and Aisha... I just want us to make sure, we, let's, let's just respond with being the family that they need. Let's encourage where we can encourage. Let's make sure that we're praying because we want them to be parents. We do. And we know that, a, that there's others of you that are struggling in that area and you've gone through a lot of the pain in that area and we want to be praying for you for sure. So let's be praying for them. The one thing they don't need is a bunch of advice. They don't need us to fix it because we're always people that will hurry to fix it. They don't need us to fix it. They don't need us to go, here's what you got to do. Here's how you got to do it. Here's the people you got to talk to. Here's the doctor you should see. They don't need the advice. If they, get, if they want that, they'll ask. Right now, we just got to encourage and pray for those guys because we want what they want to with that. Okay, so let's, let's, let's join together as a family and make sure that that's how we're responding to the gift that they gave us and, and, and inviting us into their struggle when it comes to that. All right, you guys, let's pray together, and I'm going to get into the the, the passage that the Lord has given us today. Father, I'm so thankful for today. I'm thankful for the the words that you've given me to share. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would work in powerful ways today. I pray that people that did come in here and sit down and had no expectation, no expectation of of being stirred at all, they, they thought they were going to sit here and just leave and call that church. But instead, Lord, I want to pray that your Holy Spirit would would dig down deep and, and stir us up inside. I know it already has with just some of the words that we've sung today. And now stir us up with your word and what you have to say for us, God. We trust that your Holy Spirit is doing some powerful work on each of the lives that are in here, each of the lives that are listening online. I pray that your Spirit would work today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, well, we're starting this new series called Unfollow. It's going to be a fun series. We're going to, it's going to take about four weeks. In fact, next week, you guys, we have a special guest speaker next week. We are bringing back the flip chart. We're bringing back the bald head. We're bringing back the shirt that's oversized shirt with scrawny little arms. We're bringing Jim Candy back. He's going to be preaching for us this next Sunday. We can't wait to have Jim come up and do this. I mean, he, a sense is home. Jim, for any of you guys that are new, Jim is is uh, is someone that helped me. Jim and I both started this church seven years ago. Oh gosh, almost eight years ago now, and. Jim, he loves this place, and he loves you guys, and he's been anxious to get back. And so he and I were talking about, we're saying, why don't you just come back and preach next week? And so he said, all right, let's do it. So Jim will be coming back next week to preach for us. You guys, we need to make sure everyone comes next week because if, we, if, he, sees, if he sees empty chairs, he's going, oh, gosh, there weren't empty chairs when I was here. You know, and he will he'll, be all about him. And so let's, put, let's, let's feed that for him and let's all come back together so that Jim can feel better about himself with that. I can't wait to make fun of him. I mean, I miss it, man. I miss just being able to make fun of Jim. We get to do that next week. This series, Unfollow. Mo, Mo and I were talking about this. Maurice and I were talking through the series and Mo actually came up with this idea. I love this idea. He was saying, man, there's so many times that we can choose to unfollow. We're talking about in in social media, especially with Facebook. If you guys aren't familiar with Facebook or you're not on Facebook, basically you get a bunch of friends. And people will say, hey, will you be my friend on it? And so now you have like 500 friends or 200 friends or 1,000 friends. Or if you're under the age of 30, you probably got 10,000 friends. And and you're not even using Facebook. You're just laughing at that. You get a bunch of friends. And those friends post on your uh, post their news in their life, and for some reason, spilling milk now has become news. It was never news twenty years ago, but now, oh, I spilled milk. I got to take a picture and put it on Facebook. That's what we do. And so, so you you got you got all this you got all this news that people are putting on there. Well, some people post a lot, and they post about a lot of meaningless stuff. And sometimes you like it, but sometimes you get to the point where you're going, you know what, I'm tired of seeing a new thing. And, or especially if they're going on trips all the time, you're sitting there going, I just, I just feel envious, I feel mad about my job, I wish I could have their job, that I could go, go on trips all the time. And so that's not making you feel any better. Or they're selling something and you're going, I don't want to buy what they're selling. And so what do we do? We're going, man, I want to get away from that. And so Facebook has this option that you can unfollow. It's awesome. You can unfollow and they won't even know it. It even says on there, unfollow but still be friends. They won't know this. And so you can click the unfollow and they're like, and you're like, sweet, I don't have to get their news, but I don't have to tell them I don't want their news. (laughs) It's crazy. It's what they do. Now, you can also, they even added a new one. You can unfollow for 30 days. You can go, I just want a break. I want a break from you. So you unfollow, they won't know. You click unfollow, and then you unfollow for 30 days. Well, Mo and I were talking about this, and we we're just going, man, isn't that true in our life of faith? Isn't, aren't there many times that we just go, uh, God, I'm going to just unfollow at this point just for a little bit. I'll, I'll come back to you. You won't even know it. Well, at least we think that God doesn't know. But we'll just go, you don't even know it. I'm going to unfollow you. I'll unfollow you for a week. I'll unfollow you for a month, I'll unfollow you for a year, I'll unfollow you for 15 months, maybe during the middle of a pandemic. I'll unfollow you for an hour, I'll unfollow you for a moment. We look for that button that says, can I just press the unfollow? Sometimes that unfollow happens because Jesus shares some stuff that's hard to, li- to hear. I mean, he'll say something in Scripture and we'll go, we'll, we'll read it and we'll go, man, I don't know if I like that. And so we'll, we want to unfollow. I mean, the disciples had to experience that. They might have been struggling with, with some sort of an issue around pornography or lust. And Jesus says, man, if you're, if you're lusting in your head, you got to, if, if your eye is causing you to stumble, cut it out. And they might be going, oh, I don't want to be cutting out my eye. And he didn't mean that literally, but, but he's saying, man, you got to cut that out. Maybe that's a moment where they're going, man, I'm going to unfollow for a little bit. Or we're choosing to unfollow. The Holy Spirit is pressing us and nudging us to go have a conversation with somebody. And you just go, man, I could have that conversation or I could not. Maybe I'll just choose to unfollow at this point. You guys, there was a moment I'm on the way back from the airport, I'm sitting in this van, this back when it was one of those, before Uber, it was one of those big vans, and I got like 10 people in the van, and we're all coming back from, from DIA up into this Boulder area, and, and, uh, and, and it's packed with people. And there's always one guy that's just chatting like crazy. And I'm sitting right next to him in the back row. And he's asking everybody what they do. Hey, what do you do? Hey, what do you do? What do you do? And they're talking and people are saying what they do. And then he'll have an opinion about what they do. And I'm sitting there right next to him. And I'm going, oh, please, Lord, don't ask me. Just don't ask me. Because you guys, when you're in the profession that I'm in and someone asks you, what do you do? I'm out on a golf course and they ask you, what do you do? And I say, "I'm a pastor." One of three things happens. One, they look at you and they go, "Oh," and everything goes quiet. Everything goes, they don't know how to deal with that weird religious guy. And so they're like, it, it, so I'm sitting there thinking, "Oh, he's going to ask me what I do," and I'm going to say, "I'm a pastor," and the van's going to go quiet. Or they'll apologize for anything that they've said. "I'm so sorry." I'm sorry that I swore at you. I am sorry I swore earlier. I said, crap. And you're just like, I've heard a lot worse than that. I've said a lot worse than that. I play golf. You say it every time you play. They'll, but they'll apologize. Everyone's got to apologize to the pastor. You know, or, or, or they'll just, they'll get into some huge theological conversation with you. Okay, so tell me more about this free will predestination thing you guys are talking about. And so I'm sitting back there in the back row, and I'm going, please don't ask me. And he guy, the guy says to me, and I, and I feel like God is saying, nudging me. He's going, hey, hey, take advantage of this. All these people are going to listen. Take advantage of it. You guys are going to have a great conversation. Take advantage of this. I feel like God's nudging me, and the guy nudges me. Hey, 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 what do you do? And no joke, you guys, I just went. <laughs> and I'm laying there. I'm sitting there, and I'm like acting like I'm sleeping. He's nudging me like, hey, yeah, uh, I don't go back to sleep. Man, I acted. I was like I was 10 again. I was, I was acting like I was sleeping so that I didn't have to get into the conversation. Man, God's nudging, God's giving that nudge to me, and I'm pushing the, the unfollow. Not right now. Not now. Give me 45 minutes, God, of just some nothing. Okay? And so you just, you just push the unfollow. We push the unfollow, and God might be telling, pressing us to step into something, to step away from something to stop something or to go forward. We push the unfollow when he's challenging us in an area that we don't want to be challenged in. We push the unfollow when it's, when it's a, a temptation that we have that we want to give in to that temptation. And we go, I know that's not you know, what you want me to do, but I'm going to push the unfollow anyway. We push the unfollow with a lot of things. And Jesus is going, come on, man. I got a life that's truly life. Why do you keep pushing unfollow?" Well, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to look through some of those passages that were challenging passages. We're going to look through what, what is Jesus calling us out to be and to do, and, and, and why do we continue to choose unfollow? So that'll be the next three or four weeks, okay? Well, if we're going to talk about unfollow, we also got to talk about follow. What does that mean to follow Jesus? He walks up to the shore of the Sea of Galilee. He looks out there and he sees these boats sitting out there and Peter and John and James and Andrew are on these boats. And he walks up to them and he says, Fellas, drop your nets. Come and follow me. And they dropped their nets, jumped out of their boats, and they followed him. You guys, we got to recognize, he wasn't just telling them, Follow me, fall in line behind me. We're going in this direction, just fall in line. He wasn't saying just that. That word follow in Greek, it it means to accompany or to assist. So so, So the God of the universe sends his son to this earth, looks at these ordinary people, and he says to them, come and accompany me in eternal work. Come and assist me in work that's not going to fade away, but is work that is going to last for eternity. I have got an adventure for you. Come and assist me in that adventure. I got an adventure for you. Accompany me in that adventure. Follow me, he's saying to these people, and he's saying that to you and me. And you can, we cannot let that fall to the side. It's not that big of news. He's looking at you right now. I don't care if you're 10 or if you're 90. He's looking at you right now and he's saying, accompany me, accompany me, assist me. I've got kingdom work to do. In the life of that neighbor, I have kingdom work to do. Assist me in that. In the life of those people that are in need, I've got kingdom work to do. Assist me in that. Accompany me in that. Follow me in that. In that work with your grandparents, I got kingdom work to do. Assist me in that. In that person at work, your boss or your coworker, I got kingdom work. Will you follow me to it? That's what he's asking us. And we might say, well, how I don't know. I don't know if I have the the gifts to be able to do that. And you guys, this is where Jesus comes to us and he says, "Man, I'm giving you those gifts." This is the thing I've been talking to us, I've been talking to you guys about for about three months now. I keep saying it, some of you guys have been coming every week or getting tired of it. Where, where Jesus is at work transforming our hearts. He's looking at you and me right now, and he is at work transforming our hearts to become more and more like him. And in doing so, step with him. He is he was transforming your heart this morning when you woke up. And he's transforming your heart when you go to bed tonight. Jesus is at work. It's a work that will never stop. I was driving into work today and I was I only have like an 8 minute drive into work and I'm, I'm listening to some music as I come in. I wasn't expecting anything and and one of the songs was 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 the reckless love of God and, and you know the, the, the song goes the song goes um the overwhelming never ending reckless love of God that chases me down. And I and I I was overwhelmed by it coming into work this morning. It's 5:30 and I'm driving in and I'm going, "Man, he's chasing me down." Chasing me down, saying, I'm doing work in you this morning. I'm I'm transforming your heart and your mind. You're becoming more and more like me. I'm chasing you down. And he's chasing each one of us down, chasing us down, saying, "I'm I'm doing transforming work in you. It's even bigger than just saying life changed. Sometimes we say, yeah, this is when my life changed when Jesus got a hold of me, man, he's going more than life change. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, So if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. And we're saying li- it's not life change. This is new life. This is, this is, we're, we're following his lead because it's a new life I'm living. We're, we're, we're following his teaching because it's a new life I'm living. We're, we're following his love because it's a new life I'm living. We are assisting, we are accompanying, because it's a new life I'm living. We're living out his grace and his mercy, and when we have that moment where I'm going to stand on my agenda, I'm going to lead with love, we're going to lead with love, because it's a new life that I'm living. That he's given me to live. And he's saying, follow me. Jesus, Jesus said, he said, if anyone try to save the life you have, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, we'll find true life. This is new creation life. He's talking about a transformed life. He's talking about, a, I will follow life. Man, he's talking about a new pathway life. See, Jesus is going, you've been on this road, this path, this, this trail the whole time, and I'm blazing a new trail. and I'm saying, accompany me and assist me as I blaze this trail. Come on with me. This is going to be an adventure. Come on with me. I don't know if you guys have done a lot of hiking where you're blazing trails. In fact, in Colorado, I think it's discouraged for you to blaze trail. It wasn't that way in Washington. I was with a group of my staff in Seattle, and we're up in the Cascade Mountains. We're on this ridiculously long hike, which is like two hours, which to me is ridiculously long. For you guys, it's like we just got started. I'm like, way too long. We're on this trail. We're going for a a ways out. The cabin's way back there. There's a huge river way down there, this big river. And so we're up there, and I know that the river ultimately leads to the cabin. And we said, what if we got down to the river, and then we went through the river to get back to the cabin? And so we said, all right, well, we got to blaze a trail to get down there. Well, when you're blazing this trail through the massive underbrush that that uh, that is Washington Forest, you are digging through stuff. You're, you're trying to get through. There's stuff in the way. There's branches in the way. You gotta so, it gets dark there. You've got to so trust the person that's leading that, blazing that trail. You've got to trust them. And Jesus is going, come on. I'm blazing a new trail. Come and follow me. Look at this adventure that you're going on with me and accompany me and assist me. You're going to run across some huge logs in your way. And some of you guys have massive logs in your way right now. And he's going, man, come on, assist me. You lift one in, I'm lifting another. We're going to move this thing. You, you, I picture, you know, the movies where they're blazing the trail and you come across a massive spiderweb that's all over your face and you can't, you're trying to get it off. Some of you have that kind of stuff happening in your life right now. Jesus is going, I'm there with you. Come on, assist me, accompany me. This is going to be an adventure. It's going to be hard because there are times that, we're, that we choose this, that we're going to do this, and we look back at this, and I look back at this trail, and I'm going, the trail was so much easier. Should I just go on this trail that's easy versus doing what we're doing to get down to the river? David Platt writes about this. He says, Jesus beckons us down a hard road, sometimes it's pain, pressure, tribulation, and persecution. It's hated by many. We redefine it in church. We dilute what he says, the cost to follow him. We pick and choose what we like and don't like. We create a nice, non-offensive, middle-class Jesus that looks and thinks like us. But Jesus doesn't leave the door open for this type of interpretation. Jesus is going, man, I'm not going to take you down something that's going to be boring. I'm not going to take you down something that's going to be easy. We're going to go down something that's going to be an adventure. And there will be times where you're going to wish you weren't there. But we're going to keep going on this adventure. There'll be times you're going to think there's nowhere else to step, but there will be a place to step. And I want you to accompany me, assist me on this adventure. And I tell you what, you guys, I think about that, and I think if I would have gone back to that trail and just walked back to the cabin, I would not be talking about that with you guys today. I wouldn't remember that 20 some years later. There's no way I just would go back. I wouldn't remember anything about it. But I can tell you about that, that day, blazing that trail and getting down to that river and going the river all the way back. I can tell you about that, that like it was yesterday. I know all, I can remember the temperature. I can remember all the feelings that you had. And that's the adventure that Jesus is calling each one of us to as he says, follow me, accompany me, assist me. This is the life that I have for you. This is a life that is truly life. Now I want to take you back 2,000 years, because 2,000 years ago, there was a day that these guys faced this too. See, 2,000 years ago, the disciples woke up one day. It was a normal day. They're going to go see what Jesus got for them this day. So they get out there with Jesus. Jesus starts speaking to them and a bunch of other people start gathering. Next thing you know, there's a couple hundred people and then a couple thousand people. And next thing you know, there might have been like 10 or 12,000 people that are all gathered around listening to what Jesus has to say. And they started to grumble because they were hungry, just like we always do. And so Jesus is going, man, we got to give him something. And so this is when he fed 5,000 people, is what it says. But that might have been just the men. Really, there might have been more like 12,000 people that were gathered in this area. And he fed them all the fish and the bread that they found in this little basket. I love thinking about that miracle. Because I love thinking about what the disciples went through. I love thinking of John going to the basket, picking out the stuff and going, oh, there's no more. And him going and, 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 and Andrew coming the other way going, don't bother. There's nothing there. And he goes out there to give the, the, give the stuff. And Andrew comes up and says, well, there's some in there. I don't know what he's talking about. And he goes and does it and he tells Bartholomew, hey, don't bother. You know, Bartholomew, who none of us know anything about. He comes up and he's going, there's more fish. There's more bread in there. And so he takes it out. And John's coming back over, where the heck is all this stuff coming from? And they did that all day long. How exhilarating was that? What kind of adventure was that? As those guys, the adrenaline, as those guys saw what Jesus was doing and they got to participate in it, come along with me. Come along and assist me. And then they finished up that day and that night they jump out on a boat And the rain comes and the wind comes and everything's happening, the boat's rocking like crazy, they're scared to death, and then they see this person walking out on the water to calm it. And it's Jesus. Two unbelievable, just life-impacting miracles that happen in that moment. They get to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They get near Capernaum, and a bunch of people meet them there, the ones that they just were fed. Now they come around the lake. They meet them there, and now they want more from Jesus. And one of the people says this, what should we do if we want to do God's work? He's basically asking, what do I do to follow you? Just like these guys are doing, what do I do to follow you? And Jesus says to him, he says, Jesus answered, the work you can do for God starts with believing in the one he has sent. He's going, believe in me. Don't just come to church. Don't just call it your religious experience. Believe in me. Believe I have an adventure for you. Believe that I'm actually truly calling you out to assist me in this. Believe that you have eternal, you have have a, a call to something that will leave people with an eternal impact believe me. Put your weight down on it. Follow me. And look at what they said. They replied, and see, they're they're looking at it. They're going, well, if I have this easy road versus that blazing trail, I better trust that. That better be trustworthy. And so they said to him, they replied, show us a miracle so we can see it, and then we'll believe in you. Show us a miracle. You guys, our short-term memory is terrible when it comes to our faith. It's terrible. We just we we God is blessing the heck out of us, and we just forget it in an instant. Where are you, Lord? God, I mean, I'm I'm awful with this. Where God might be blessing me or my kids or something awesome that happens, and, and you just go, Man, Lord, you're so good. Answered prayer. And then the next day, God, where are you? Can I trust you? Where have you been? We forget in an instant, and these guys come on. Jesus feeds all those people with the bread and the fish. He walks on water and they say, show me something. Show me something so that I can trust you with this. And then they said this. This is awesome. They said, Moses took care of our ancestors. This was a group of Jewish people that were talking to him. Moses took care of our ancestors who were fed by the miracle of the manna every day in the desert. Just like the scripture said, he fed them with bread from heaven. What sign will you perform for us? Moses led them out of Egypt. And man, they rained down, God rained down food so that they would never go hungry in the midst of that exodus. The, the Jewish people believe that there is a storehouse of bread, a storehouse of food in heaven that will be rain, can be rain down on us. God, the Jewish people believe that, that's, that, that that can be rained down on us. And he's going, Moses prayed it, a miracle happened, and they were fed. What are you going to do for us, God? Jesus got to be going, am I taking crazy pills? What is going on? He's looking out at everybody and he's going, you guys, yes, that bread was rained down on those folks. He said, I am that bread. The storehouse that's going to rain down and and make it so you're not going to be hungry anymore. I am that bread. God has brought me here. I'm feeding you. Now, a total side note. Last night, Jackie, Jackie and I were with our daughters. We were watching Jeopardy. It's what we do. It's, and, and, and one of the clues on Jeopardy last night was um, what was the name of the food that um, came down from heaven um, that fed the Israelites? And 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 you know it's manna. And I said, you, I said, I said, you guys, I'm preaching on that tomorrow. That's so cool. It's manna. And and Maggie says, so are you saying that Jesus uh, is saying that, that um, I am the man? Nah. And I said, yes. And I said, but that's really cheesy. So I'm not going to say it tomorrow. So I won't. Um, so anyway, total sign. <laughs> Cause you get it. I'm the man. Nah. Uh, so anyway. He's saying, I'm I'm the bread of life. Will you trust me in this? They come back. They come back. And and he says, Jesus, Jesus said this. The truth is, Jesus said, Moses didn't give you the bread of heaven. It's my father who offers bread that comes as a dramatic sign from heaven. The bread of God is the one who came out of heaven to give his life to feed this world. And they said, please, sir, give us this bread every day, they replied. And he said to them, I'm the bread of life. Come every day to me and you will never be hungry. Believe in me, and you'll never be thirsty. Follow me down this adventurous path. Assist me. Accompany me. And man, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you your daily food to eat. I'm that bread of life. You're not going to go hungry or thirsty in this. Now, what they do? Did they respond? Did they just go, I'm here. I'm there. I'm, I'm with you, Jesus. No, they didn't. In fact, the next verses say they grumbled, they were hostile, and there were angry outbursts between them. God's doing something powerful. God's inviting us to be part of something powerful. And the response is they grumbled, they were hostile, and there were angry outbursts. Just like they did thousands of years before. In that desert, when God provided all that he did, and they were still grumbled, they were hostile, and they were angry outbursts. It happened again when Jesus is preaching it to them. And you guys, it's happening today. Over these last 15 months or so, the church, especially in America, for what we've seen across our country, Jesus is still at work doing powerful things, and what are we seeing? Grumbling, hostility, Angry outbursts between people. What side of the aisle do you sit on? What's your opinion? People are jumping ship. They're moving on. They're checking out. They're pushing the button, saying, unfollow. Jesus is going, man, I'm calling us. But this is where, I'm not saying this is happening right here, but this is what's happening in the church. And Jesus is saying, come on, people. Come on. Trust me. Walk this way. I'm transforming your heart and mind. Walk this way with me. Learn the rhythms that I have. When I'm preaching to you and teaching you about love, learn about that and now live that and lead that way. Assist me in that. But for a lot of us, we say, no, I don't want to. He says, the words I speak to you are spirit and life, but there's still some of you who won't believe. So some of the people left. So Jesus said to his 12, and you, do you also want to leave? Peter spoke up and said, but Lord, where would we go? No one but you gives us the revelation of eternal life. We're fully convinced that you are the anointed one, the son of the living God, and we believe in you. We will accompany you. We will assist you. We will follow you. He's asking you guys. He's asking me, where will you go? And what do we answer? I want to go back to the Cascades. Go back to that, that, that hiking thing that we did. Because when we got back to the cabin, after all that time getting down to the river, we go down the river, we get back to the cabin. Uh, the, Mike Gaffney was my, was my boss at the time, a good friend of mine, and he said, I want you guys all to go out and just pick out something that would represent how you're feeling and your relationship with the Lord right now. I've told some of you guys this story that at this point, I, I, I wish I would have said, man, I, I, I just relate to Jesus blazing the trail and I'm following right along with him, but I didn't. I went down to the river's edge and i looked into that kind of fast ro- ro- fast river going down there and i'm on the shore and i'm looking at it going around the corner it looks cold it's scary my grandma's sister died from one of the whirlpools in a river and so she told us never jump into a river and so i'm looking at it going this is scary And I felt like God was saying, jump in. It was right in the season for Jackie and I where we were ready or thinking about moving on from Seattle, from the job that we had there, 800 college students in this awesome college ministry, and going up to Bellingham, this little town up north of Seattle, to do high school and middle school ministry for six kids. And we're going, man, are we going to do that? And what about the risk? And what about leaving family? And what about the finances? And what about the security? And this this path seems pretty safe. And, And I felt like God was saying, jump in. And I'm standing on the shore, and I said to God, No. No. Too much. I like it here better. Predictable. Easy. I'm just going to stay right here. And He's asking us, He's asking us, Where will you go? Maybe do an easier path, a path that doesn't allow me to have to do anything, a path of least resistance, a path that's far more predictable, a path that allows for temporary pleasure, a path where the world says this is the security that you long for. Do we do it? Or do we follow, assist me, join me? Let's go do some eternal work. He's asking us that. And a lot of times we'll choose the other path. But I'll tell you what, the best part of this story with Peter, the really cool part of this story, what when when Peter says, man, where else would we go? Jesus is looking at him, and Jesus knows you're not going to choose me. <laughs> he knows down the road, when you say there's nowhere else to go, you'll choose another place to go. When Jesus was being arrested, and he was going before Pontius Pilate, Peter's standing there, and somebody comes up to him and says, hey, do you know that guy? And he has a moment. Follow me. Who knows where that's gonna go it could be dangerous who knows follow me and he says no i don't know somebody else a little girl comes up to him hey hey do you know that guy that's that's being arrested no 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 this is easier do you know that guy somebody else do you know that guy no no never heard of him he knew he would choose another road But His love and His grace and His mercy and His tenacity with each one of us keeps coming back to us and keeps saying, follow me. And when Jesus died and rose from the grave and saw Peter on the very same shore that He called him out three years before, He said, hey, do you love me? Yeah, you know I do. Do you love me? Of course. Do you love me? Yes, Jesus. All right then, feed my sheep, follow me. I'm still right there with you. This is gonna be an adventure with all kinds of unknown, disappointments and very good and very bad, but follow me and I'll be with you. And all I can picture is Jesus ascending into heaven and Peter no longer has the actual person to follow. And I can picture him sitting in his windowsill of his house, looking out over what he sees. And I can picture him looking up into the sky and thinking about that bread from heaven that was poured down on those people. And I can picture him in that moment, hearing hearing that voice that said, I am the bread of life. You will not grow hungry as you follow me. Follow me. I can picture him looking out at the at the at the fields and seeing a shepherd in the fields and seeing, seeing the seeing the sheep in the fields. And I can picture him hearing that voice that says, "I am the good shepherd. And I'm going to lay down my life for my sheep. Follow me." I can picture him looking at five or six different pathways that are leading from his house. And I could picture him hearing that, those words ringing in his ear, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, accompany me, assist me, let's go do God's work, follow me. And I can picture him stepping out, into, out of his house, looking at this, all the decisions he has to make today I can picture him right there just going, today, Jesus, I will follow you wherever that takes me. And tomorrow, I'll decide again, where will you go? Father, I pray that each one of us in, in, our, in our lives, in all of the unknown, in all the questions that we have, in all the, the decisions that we have to make, God, I pray that we would recognize that you are a God that is, is, is the bread of life, that we'll never go hungry, we'll never be thirsty, that you, that you are the shepherd that will watch over that you you have the way and you you are the truth and that we would walk in line with you. And God, may that result in in a life that is filled with the adventure of the blazing that trail, accompanying you, assisting you, doing powerful work for you. God, those moments, those moments that we're so tempted to hit the button that says unfollow, I pray that you would help us and and cover it, Lord, with grace because we will do it and we'll mess up over and over and over again. Cover it with grace, Lord. And we pray that, that you would push us back. Keep pressing us, keep challenging us. Get right in our face, Lord, and help us to see that your way is the way of true life. Help us, Lord, to embrace that, to step into that today. And then tomorrow, we step outside our doors. God, help us to make that same decision again. It's in your name we pray. Amen.